WXXI in the Little Theater. This is Movies in a Microphone. I'm your host, Scott Pukas, and today we're talking about film, specifically 35mm film. Last month, The Little and Fright Rags launched Saturday Night Rewind. There was Big Trouble in Little China and Chinese Food with a Swill Burger Twist. On Saturday, April 23rd at 9.30pm, Saturday Night Rewind returns for seconds with Critters. La Petite Poutine will also be there. I'm obviously very excited about this since uh, their poutine is my Patronus. Uh, today's guests are two of the masterminds behind Saturday Night Rewind. We have Ben Scrivens of Fright Rags. Welcome back to the show, Ben. Thanks for having me. And live podcast or live uh, periscoping the, the podcast is accepted, so that's all right. This is Snapchat. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> you got me reading the script, too, so it won't look as natural. But it's that's all right. good. <laughs> and we also have Eric Myra, a projectionist at The Little. You may remember him from such movies as Adam Imitating Art and the Charlie Chaplin shorts that previously ran at The Little. Uh, last time you were on the podcast, uh, you asked two of our little co-workers, Bree and Roy, to adopt you. I'm wondering how that worked out. It happened. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so oh, happy. Roy's your dad. Yep. <laughs> Stepdad. <laughs> and uh, so Chris Hogan Roy, our other projectionist, is also one of the masterminds behind uh, Saturday Night Rewind here. Uh, he's a tricky one to get on the podcast. One of these days, I'm hoping he'll be he's on. He's very elusive. <laughs> and he's now your father, Eric, so that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to start off kind of basic here. Can you guys just tell me a little bit about Saturday Night Rewind? Uh, what makes the series a little different? And Ben, you could start off with this one. Sure. Um, well, we've been working, well, Fright, I should say we, meaning Fright Rags, have been working with The Little since 2009 uh, when we kind of kicked off a sort, uh, relationship where we showed that at that time was a 25-hour horror feast where we uh, showed 25 hours of horror movies over the course of Hall- Halloween weekend. So that kind of kick-started things off, and after that, uh, Roy and I would always talk about doing more of that. And it just sort of, over the years, we would experiment with things. Um, the next year, we did a 24-hour one, and then we would try different screenings and stuff. So it's been sort of years in the making, and uh, after our um, uh, last October when we showed five weeks of horror films, we were sort of like, this would be really cool to do like our own thing every month and celebrate 35 millimeter and and not just focus on horror but you know do other things like sci-fi or comedies but genre films and things that we dug as kids or you know just i don't even know what you'd want to say eric about in terms of the what we decided to pick on but it's almost sort of like these cult classics i guess if you want uh we would um pick and just sort of show on a monthly basis again it's rooted in 35 millimeter and it's really just a way to uh, have a party once a month and hang out mm-hmm. with like-minded people and celebrate film and celebrate these movies that either we hadn't seen on the big screen before because we were too young or um, to see them again for the first time on the big screen or for the second time on the big screen, you know, while we're older and we can have a beer while doing it. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add to that, Eric? No, that was perfect. I like what you said. By the way, you have a really good uh, voice oh, for radio. Thank you. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming on to you. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I like what you said about the idea of things that we liked as kids. Um, because even though that's not necessarily 100% true, like you said, just rediscovering movies, I think that encapsulates the feeling. Or the Yeah, theme. and I think that's why, you know, coming up with the name Saturday Night Rewind was sort of like it's hearkening back. I mean, maybe not, you know, maybe we will branch out into some things that are newer, but I think in general it's it's rooted in a memory-based, like, oh, I remember this as a kid, and... You know, again, maybe I didn't get to see it when I was real little, but I get to see it now in the big screen. And again, 
the extra layer is 35 millimeter, meaning we we're seeing it the original mm. way it was intended, the original, you know, especially some of these are original prints, so they get like like all scratched and stuff, which is kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. And uh, the graphics for this are all real throwbacks, and if so you know what you're talking about, the people listening here, uh, you can follow Saturday Night Rewind on Facebook and look through the graphics, the videos. It has a real 80s vibe to it. Uh, it's really wonderful. Uh, how long How long has this whole process been to get this series started from when you first kind of started t- thinking about this to, um, to when it actually started last month? Let's see. When we start talking about this, right after October, right? So it was immediately after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It was probably, I feel like we started it, Maybe we kind of started discussions right afterward, but we really didn't kick into it probably since until right after the holidays, right? I think it yeah. was like January, February. We, we were like, we got to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can you tell us a little about this event coming up on Saturday, April 23rd? So we have Critters at 930. We have Poutine. Anything else that people should know here about this event? Let's see. We're serving we're serving Rohrbox beer, I believe. Yeah, I think that's the case. Yeah, I think that's what we're serving. Uh, the Poutine truck. Pretty much it. I mean... You know, for this event in particular, you know, it, it's going to be similar to last month's with Big Trouble in China. Obviously, um, Swilberger won't be there this month, but we're hoping to have them back um, for future screenings. But the idea behind doing these is to always bring in other local companies uh, where we can, you know, whether it's food like Swilberger, Poutine Truck, beer like Rohrbox, or, you know, hope we had Rock City last uh, October. Anytime we can work with these local mm-hmm. companies. Um but another thing that we're trying to layer in here is the kind of atmosphere behind or around these screenings, meaning this is something that we're, you know, again, going back to the, the memories as a kid, we want to create an experience. And part of that is rooted in now we're adults, so we can, like, you know, get really good food and, mm-hmm. like I said, good beer or whatever. But the other part of it is we want to be kids again, not only to see the movie, but we want to have other things there, like maybe a TV set up to play video games downstairs in the basement so we can call it like mom's basement where we can just sit around and like <laughs> I love that idea. play video games <laughs> and like maybe even like for the night decorate it like a basement, mm-hmm. you know, put up some like string lights or something, you know, just something low tech, but you know, high fun. You know yeah. what I mean? Like where you can, if you get there early at like eight forty five or something, you can grab a beer or grab popcorn or whatever and just go downstairs and chill out and play street fighter on you know, Super Nintendo or something until you go watch Critters or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's what we're trying to build up to. And yeah, and this is still in its early stages. Exactly. Too, this so, is our yeah. second screening. So we have, I mean, Eric and Roy and I talk all the time and these ideas that we have. And we're, we're trying to, right now we're just trying to build a following and mm-hmm. build a rhythm to it. And we're, we hope to add each month something to where we can really craft an experience. So people will be like every month going, I'm going to go to the Little on this Saturday and literally just hang out like mm-hmm. i want to go to the little and hang out and by the way we're showing a really cool film too mm-hmm. which it had a good start you know obviously i'm pretty biased but the the first event was a was a success i remember i was hanging out at the so the swilberger was set up in orange glory the space next door and i was there and just the the people swarming in and out of the theater you know going and getting the food um they had these drinks they called orange julius type thingies which was the exact name and they were delicious and it was just it was a happy it was like a party like you described it and you know for that kind of response i think to the first one really shows you know this is headed in, in some good spots and i love the idea of using that space downstairs theater one for video games and like who wouldn't love that yeah i mean just something that we can do I and mean, we always just think of ideas like what did we do as kids on a saturday night i remember you know 
playing video games, going up to the video store with my friends, getting candy and popcorn and videos and coming home and just picking out all night and watching movies. So why not do that at the theater? And correct me if I'm wrong, but you've got involvement from other groups, too, like the University of Rochester. Some of their film students have helped out as well with this. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. uh, The University of Rochester, uh, there's a film club and a lot of the kids have had experience with 35 millimeter film or just film in general. And they were at our first screening. And the idea is that they will pop up at all of our screenings with a table set up where they'll have either a projector running or actual film negatives that people can come by and they can inform the public. Um, just because I feel like a lot of people, yeah, we know about film, but if you really want to know more, there'll be the experts there to kind of guide you. And they're really excited that a place like The Little and has the capabilities to still show 35 millimeters. So it's all in tandem with that. It's interesting, too, is I think a lot of people don't know the difference. So if you guys want to talk a little bit, you know, what kind of makes 35 millimeters special? What sets it apart here? I think what makes it interesting um, and special is that everyone has the capability in their home to watch a Blu-ray or 4K or even DVD or anything like that. But it's rare now to have someone who has a projector in their house. Or maybe it was rare back then, too, to have a theater screen in your house with a projector. So if at the very least it's rare, it's such a rarity to go see something like that, um, that hopefully is why it's special, that this is the one place you can. It's not so easily accessible anymore, where back in the day it was the norm, where it's just like, oh, every theater just plays 35. That's the standard. So I think because it is something you don't see all the time, um, it makes it unique in that way. And with that, I think it's a good, you bring up a good point. I liken it to vinyl. You know, 30, uh, 30 years ago, the only way you could listen to music, you know, I mean, pretty much one of the only ways you could listen mm-hmm. to music for years and decades was on a vinyl record. And yes, they went to 8-track, and of course tapes came along and became more convenient. And then CDs, of course it was, and then again, it was digitization of the music and convenience. And of course, now we're, you know, everybody's walking around with a phone that has MP3s on it. So, yes, you can listen to the same song on your phone, and that's fine for most everybody, and that's convenient, and that's primarily where people listen to music. But even, you know, even though vinyl kind of died in the sense of that was the only way you could get music, now it's had a complete resurgence in the last, you know, 5, 10, maybe even 15 years as a cottage industry for those people who appreciate the, obviously there's a quality um, argument to be had in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, it's better on vinyl. But even that aside, there's a there's a there's something to be said for the tactile experience. There's the larger album art. There's taking it off the shelf. There's pulling it out. There's setting it on the, the platter. There's lifting the needle. There's a, a ritual involved that, you don't have with your phone. You, you you look at your phone, you tap something. If you don't like it, you tap the next one. With a record, you just don't tap to get the next song. Yeah. You listen to an entire side. You don't usually pick and choose songs. You just kind of drop the needle on and you listen. And you it's an experience. So getting back to film, we now have DVDs. We now have, of course, Blu-ray or streaming. You know, the problem, the best thing about Netflix is the choice. The problem is the choice. You sit in front of Netflix and you just sift through. And the problem is, is that the next best, the next choice is a second away. So if you pick one, you know, if you don't like it, you can just choose the next thing. 
we've become, you know, it's been commoditized to the point where it doesn't, you know, you don't, you just have this limitless choice. And it's not about an experience anymore. It's just about, oh, this is on. Oh, I guess I'll watch it's this. It's about binging and consuming. Just- right. Whereas bringing it back to once a month where we can do film, it's saying we're staking, we're putting a stake in the ground saying we want to show films the way they used to be shown in a processed 35 millimeter film where it's, it's it, for lack of a better term, it's a living, breathing thing. This strip of celluloid you know, was shown through these projectors 30, 40 years ago, right? And it, there's a process to be had where it's, you know, breaking down the film, setting up in the projector. There's lots of moving parts. There's not just a, you know, a lens and a light and a DVD where you hit play. You know, and that's one of the things I like about the University of Rochester kids coming out, um, you know, and actually talking about it because, you know, these guys are extremely knowledgeable about it and it's cool to educate some people about it. And the nice thing is it works on many layers. There's that that technical aspect of mm-hmm. it, but there's also just the cool uh, experience of seeing a film that it, it, the layer that 35 millimeter pr- presents on the screen, there's an extra character, which is the film itself. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing the scratches of when it maybe gotten dropped down the stairway at, you know, in some cleveland ohio you know you know theater or something you know I mean, whatever i mean there's it's a living breathing thing and it comes off on the screen absolutely i mean blu-rays look amazing on the screen and digital projection looks awesome on the screen and there's something to be said for that but at the same time there's something to be said for viewing a film in its sort of original state seeing the age seeing it's being washed out and I think that is fun for almost everybody, and it fits for a lot of the movies that we show. I mean, yeah. to see something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre that looks really kind of crappy on mm. the screen is fun, just as much as it is fun for me to go home and pop in the restored Blu-ray in maybe surround sound on a big screen. And it fits with, it fits with the whole thing. You know, our theater, The Little, started in 1929. This is an old art house theater. Um, I think it's it, that's the part of the experience. Like you said, the character, you're going out, on a Saturday night, you're getting some food, you're having some beer, it's a party, you're watching the old screen. We have people um, who who will tweet at the little and say how much they love stuff like seeing the cigarette burns or scratches on these prints. Um, of course, we're very lucky in Rochester to have these opportunities, but the little, of course, George Eastman House has a huge collection, 35 millimeter, I think one of the largest, um, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. The Dryden obviously shows, our friends at the Dryden, they show 35 millimeter as well. So we're really fortunate in this area to have stuff like this. Do you think eventually how there's a record store day that maybe we'll have a 35 millimeter day? Is that possible? I mean, there is such a resurgence that's happening now. I, it's crazy because what's different about going to the movie theater now than, you know, staying at home? What we just said on Netflix and all that. Um, what was awesome about showing Big Trouble in Little China, which we started with last month, is a lot of people came out. Because I think, at least I know from my point of view, what what's going to get me to go somewhere and see something Um it's on film. Mm-hmm. If it was a, maybe a digital restoration, it'd be like, okay, it's a cool movie. It'll be on a big screen. It's kind of indescribable. So I've never seen Big Trouble in Little China on the big screen. Um, I've only seen a DVD, Blu-ray. So that was my first time seeing it. And it always reminds me when I see a 35 millimeter film, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what movies look like. Mm-hmm. And it's very indescribable. And I don't know where I'm going with this point, but it's the idea that <laughs> it's, it's it adds that cool filter to... How, 
this is going to sound very superficial, but to Hollywood and actors where you're like seeing it through kind of like a dreamlike haze and you're like, oh my gosh, it's Kurt Russell, but he's a little fuzzy. And that's just because the film's old and worn and the music's kind of like crunchy. And you're like, this is an artifact from somewhere else. When you see it- It's like a fossil. Yeah, very Mm -hmm. much. Uncovering a fossil. And it feels like something that's more fantastical and not so technical. I think when you watch a 4K Blu-ray- you appreciate that for its technicality and or the technical aspects being like, oh, my gosh, look at the resolution and look at um, how they shot this. But when you watch a film, it's I don't know. It's kind of got that haze to it. I, that, yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, no. I, I agree in two instances. One, um, I got The Shining on Blu-ray and it looked fantastic. I mean, I have mm-hmm. a, you know, fairly decent setup at home and, and you know, with surround sound, a big screen and, and all this stuff and. It really looks gorgeous, and I loved it, and I loved experiencing that in that way. And then I saw an original print at the Dryden several years ago, and it was scratchy, washed out, bumpy. Uh, it was, it was, you know, for all intents and purposes, it wasn't in the best shape, but I loved every second of it. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think, to your point, Eric, is exactly what you were talking about, is that it it adds a dimension to it. You know, I saw Big Trouble in Little China almost exactly a year ago at Tinseltown. They showed a digital. Oh, wow. I think it was just a Blu-ray. I think that's what they do when they show these. And nothing was wrong with it. There was a bunch of people there. It was great to see it on the big screen. Um, and it was fun. But when we showed it last month, there's just, and, and you know, maybe it's just a story I'm telling myself, whatever, I don't care, but it was more fun mm-hmm. seeing it that way, knowing Knowing a little bit of that backstory that these are canisters that had to get shipped to us that someone had to work on that afternoon to make sure it looked good and got on the spools and whatever you guys mm-hmm. do, you know. And it wasn't just someone just op- cracked open a plastic case and slapped on a Blu-ray, mm-hmm. which, again, nothing is wrong with that. It's just this is something that is an experience. This is more authentic. This is- well, and it's just an ex- it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. It's, again, putting the needle on a record. I mean, I listen to... You know, Radiohead and a, and a record. I have a different experience when I listen to, say, Kid A on my uh, my turntable than I do when I listen to it on my phone. I like them both the fine. I mean, if I'm out for a run, I'm not going to bring a turntable with me. Or mm-hmm. if I'm in the car, or if I'm out somewhere at a coffee house and I'm listening to music in my headphones, fine. But if I'm at home and I want a different experience, I'm going to put the turntable on and sit down, and it puts me in a different headset. Same song, you know or mindset. So same thing with film and DVDs. Okay. I, I want to switch gears here and talk a little about Critters, the one that we're showing again uh, this upcoming Saturday, April 23rd. Um, what was the decision in picking this one? Now, I understand it's the 30th anniversary. Actually, I think the exact 30th day was just a, uh, or the anniversary was a couple days ago, wasn't it? You're right. It? it was. It was last week, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Which I wish we could say we planned it that way, but we yeah. didn't, did we? <laughs> I don't think we planned it for April because of that. Did we? And we, we planned it for the 30th anniversary, but I don't think we planned it this month because of that, did we? Yeah, it kind of was serendipity. I think, a yeah, bit. I think it yeah. was. I don't know what. Uh... See, I thought I thought you guys totally planned oh, it. Oh no, we totally April. did. You should edit that part out <laughs> that part will right just away. Be a long bleep. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I wish we could take credit for that. I mean, I personally can't take credit for it. I don't know if you guys want to, but um, I don't know. I think we. You know, we have a list of films that we have access to, and you start going down the list, and you start, you know, 
when we go through the list and we go, whoa, we got it. Oh my God. You know, you start, you, things jump out at you that you would love to see on the big screen. And I think Critters just happened to be one of those, right? Yeah. Critters is really funny because this isn't to demean it. This is to compliment it. We've had this conversation before and maybe even with Roy more, more so Critters I've seen, I think I've seen the third one too, but it's like I have this like embedded memory of going to like the library as a kid or Wegmans <laughs> when they used to have a video rental store inside or Blockbuster, whatever it may be, and always seeing the covers. And that was like a bigger experience than actually watching the movie. You would see the these covers were insane with these creatures mm-hmm. that were balls and they had like teeth and you're like, I don't know, it was very intense to see. And so... This is demeaning and say not many people have seen it, but I think it's one of those ones where there is a cult following to it. But at the same time, even more so than like Big Trouble, yep. more people haven't seen this movie and but still know of it. Or haven't seen it in a long time. In like long I time. feel like yeah. you know, Big Trouble in Little China has that following, like you said, mm-hmm. Eric, and uh it also I think it's probably again, to your point, I feel like it is probably in people's minds a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Whereas Critters is one of those that you kind of go, oh, yeah. It's like, like yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, you but... remember seeing it, like you said, Eric, in the, in the video store or like seeing it at you know with a sleepover with a friend or whatever. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's got a cult following with certain hardcore fans, but I also feel like it is one of those movies that almost like, you know, it's like when you hear a song that you used to know all the lyrics to, but you haven't heard it in like 10 years. And as soon as it comes on, you're like, oh, wow, I haven't thought about that one in a long time. I feel like that's one of those movies. And to uh, indulge those who maybe haven't seen it, uh, can you explain a little bit about the plot? Someone's like, you know, I'm thinking about seeing this, but I've heard of it, heard the name, but what exactly is it about? Um, I mean, do you want to go no, for it? No, no, go for it. No. It's about uh, the critters. Yeah, yeah it's right? about Period. the critters. The end. And that's, I mean, <laughs> that's not far off from what I was going to say. Uh, it kind of takes those awesome i don't know it melds a lot of cool genres together because there is a sci-fi element to it absolutely which a lot of people think of as like oh a creature feature maybe something akin to a gremlins but there is this huge sci-fi premise about this idea of these creatures coming down to earth there's two uh i don't know if i want to call them aliens but like bounty hunter Mm -hmm. dudes who are tracking these monsters down they're not from our planet but this is all happening in a small Americana hometown um, where they're wreaking mayhem on families and everything you can think of. But there's that backdrop of sci-fi and horror and, you know, homage to the films that came before it. I know I'm being vague with the plot. but No, that was an excellent <laughs> pitch. I don't know who would not want to see that. Plus, you know, <laughs> Scott Grimes is in it. Yeah. Dee Wallace is in it. You know, E.T.'s mom, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's it's I don't know. I mean, it's definitely rooted in 1986, which is yeah. one of the things I like about it. And uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, the other great thing about it is all the effects are practical. So you're dealing with, you know, these days everything's CGI. I mean, these aliens are all real fur and rubber and all that. So it's fun to see a movie that does, you know, kind of rely on, on the fact that, you know, and these creatures are in the movie, you know. It has to rely on the effects a little bit, and these all all these effects are practical. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this came out in an era at the same time as like Gremlins and like a lot of like similar type movies. At least they seem similar in my head. Um, I don't know if there was some theme like in the '80s of, of these type of movies. And I think but... it came out a year before. Was it? Uh, no, Gremlins was oh, uh, 1984, I believe. Oh, okay. So, um, and that was Warner Brothers. Grem- uh, um. 
Well, Critters is New Line Cinema, so they, and they weren't. This is before Warner Brothers bought them out years and years and years before. So I guess they weren't the same company. But I'm sure it you know could have something to do with you know similar movies being released and companies trying to glom mm-hmm. onto. I mean, you know, it's like the slasher era from you know whatever 1979 to 1984. I mean, there was you know one year there was movies based on every holiday. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean. You, I think I mean, I don't know if this is the case or not. I didn't do the backstory on on how Critters was made, but uh, I could definitely assume that that might play into that. And what's crazy about it too? This is gonna sound bad on my part to say out loud, but they are almost they have such a personality. These puppets, even more so. Like you can say face to face to people like, "Oh, I love the Gremlins. The Gremlins are the ones. They're the classics." But then it's just like, "Man, the Critters, they're insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're the ones where you're like, "But actually the Critters are a little rough and tumble." I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say about the Critters, but they're like kind of the bad apples of the monster <laughs> genre. They're a little snarky. If I'm correct, they talk, right? And there's subtitles or did that not happen till the sequels? Oh, I'm... Uh, now I'm drawing a blank. I, I feel like it didn't happen to the sequels. <laughs> well, I'm going to lie gonna and say they Saturday talk. Night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come Saturday night. Yeah, yeah they'll have to go, come see the movie to prove you're wrong. So. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they talk and they're snarky and it's hilarious and they have to be subtitled. And it's like whoever was making this movie was just so insane and happy and making something that I think is going to be enjoyable. So It's going to be a party. Yeah. It was funny. I was actually mentioning this to uh, my friend James, who's a friend of the podcast. He was on one of our episodes. And his face like lit up. He's like, Critters, that's amazing. That's one of my favorites. I was like, oh. Well, that... so personally, I, I saw it once when I was a lot younger, and I do not remember like anything about it. I think I get it confused with other movies. So just to be able to see it again or, or just kind of almost for the first time, too, is really going to be a bonus. Um, and again, for anyone listening, just joining, if for some reason you're joining in this podcast in the middle of it for some weird reason, uh, April 23rd at the Little Theater, 9.30. You can go to the little.org for information. Saturday Night Rewind is on Facebook. Uh, you can follow the Little Theater on Facebook for uh, details on this event. Um, we do have poutine there, La Poutine. poutine. Um, guys, are you excited about the poutine? <laughs> Always excited about poutine. <laughs> yeah, perfect pairing with the movie. They, they've been parking like right near my apartment lately, and it's it's tough not to eat poutine like all the time. I pretty much do, and pr- probably in the next next month for Saturday Night Rewind, I'm gonna have gained like 50 <laughs> pounds just on poutine, and I'm completely okay with that. It's worth it. <laughs> so we were talking about a little um, looking ahead of what Saturday Night Rewind may look like in the future. Uh, can you guys give us a sneak peek or a preview of what other films we may be seeing or what um, genres or other types of things you guys are looking into for this? It was interesting because Ben had said earlier um, the idea was to get genre films, and that's what – I think our first wave, our first few months, is going to be dedicated to a few horror movies, some sci-fi, sci-fi action. Uh, but down the road, uh, we are looking to, you know, grab some comedies and grab some other things once we have built that following. Um, but as of next month, we've officially yeah. solidified that we will be doing Evil Dead, the original. Uh, so get to look forward to that. Um, and then June... Well, yeah, I mean, we might as well say what's coming up in June, right? Yeah. June, we've got um, Aliens. So, the 19- that's again, that's the 30th anniversary. Uh, so, it's the sequel. It's a James Cameron sequel to Aliens. Which so. is a perfect June movie. I, yeah. I, I totally agree. <laughs> and then July, we're going to follow it up with Predator. Which is the natural one to play after Aliens. Um, so, it's a, we played the original Alien uh, last June as part of our Mondo series. So, this is kind of... 
a long-awaited, you know, showing of the sequel. And we actually just the other day had people asking on Twitter, be like, are you guys showing the Alien movies? And I wasn't sure if I could say yet, but yes, we are, which is which is pretty awesome. I think I think this lineup is is pretty stellar. Isn't that crazy? People will be like, when are they, when's someone going to show an Alien movie? And that's great. People love those movies. People I mean, love exactly. the throwbacks. I mean, yeah. the n- new movies, I look forward to new movies as much as anyone else. But there is just that nostalgia that that certain feeling you get from seeing, you know, a movie on the big screen, seeing it in 35 millimeter, especially if it's one you love or one you haven't seen in a while, or if it's one you haven't seen at all, it could become one you love. Um, it just, that feeling is unbeatable. And the irony is like, you know, we all, I mean, I'm sure you too, Eric, like we, we own these movies on DVD and yeah. Blu-ray already. <laughs> so it's funny to, to look at a list of, of, of 35 millimeter films that are available and, and you go, it's like a kid in the candy store, even though it might be a movie I've seen a million times. I've seen Evil Dead uh, countless times, and I have I have seen it on the big big screen once. But I'm just as excited next month to see it. In fact, I'm probably more excited because the last time I saw it um, was a brand new print. Which again, getting back to the whole, it's a print. This was a brand new one, so it actually looked even better. I don't know what the one we're getting next month is. I I, I don't re- remember if they mentioned if it was an original print or the newer one, but it doesn't matter because either way, it's still 35, and I'm still looking forward to it, even though I have literally four copies of it at home. <laughs> and it's kind of relevant, too, isn't there? There's a new uh, either miniseries or television series kind of based around... Ash versus the Evil Dead yeah. on Stars, and technically it's the 35th anniversary of it this year. So, so many anniversaries. I know. <laughs> was, was May the anniversary, too? Is that when it was released? That's actually a very good question. I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know. Do we just, should we just say yeah? <laughs> sure. We'll yeah. just go with it. There's right. no one to fact check. Right. We have Bruce Campbell. He actually does listen to the podcast. He's going to probably call in and be like, "Nice, you guys are incorrect on this. <laughs> so going back to the kind of the 35 millimeter discussion, um, what is the process that you guys uh, go about of obtaining these films? Because a lot of people will ask, like, are you getting this on 35 millimeter? Are you going to show this? But it's not as easy as just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go get it. There's actually a little bit of a process to it. Um, so I don't know if you guys can explain a little bit of that. Well, have you ever seen The X-Files? And in The X-Files, it's very top secret. And so that's how we're going to keep it. Um, no, it, it is a method. There, It's so cool because you do have to, like, I may say shady deals, but that's not correct at all. It's the black market. They go in the alley, <laughs> right. alleyway. And, all these yeah. people who are helping us get these prints are awesome for allowing us to do this. But it is like you got to reach out to someone and see if they can loan it to us. Because a lot of times these prints... Um, are in circulation playing at other theaters and revival houses. So uh, the process of getting them is we do have a list that we pick from, and there's a gentleman who has these films, and we kind of rent them out and, you know, bring them to our theater for a certain amount of time. Is this is this what you're asking? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, well the, my point was it's just, you know, people are always asking, and it's not as easy as just, you know, getting it, just be like, oh, sure, we'll go to the store and, and pick up this exactly. 35 millimeter. It's actually a process. Well, that's the thing. You yeah. have to find somebody who has the film. Yeah. And there's not a ton of people or companies that just do this. Again, it's not going to a place to buy a, a Blu-ray, right? Like where mm-hmm. you could find, you know, Evil Dead on Blu-ray anywhere. You can't just find Evil Dead or Critters or whatever on 35 millimeter. It just doesn't happen. So there's a little bit of mining going on mm-hmm. there, and we have some sources that we use. And then there's also getting the rights to show the film. I mean, you can get the film, but you just can't show it. You have to then find out who owns the film, 
get the rights to show that that costs money. So there is a little detective work going on there. Yeah. It is it is like the X Files. You have to kind. Of, I mean, yeah, there are places that do this. It's not like it's like the hardest thing to do ever. But some prints. I mean, we've like, oh, I wonder where we can get this. You know, and mm-hmm. luckily there are other places that do this type of thing. But at the same time, it's just not as easy as going to the you know, store or going on Amazon and renting something, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. just can't get it, you know? And so that kind of adds a little bit of interesting factor to yeah. it as well. Especially we're in an age of like preservation for film. Since it's not so readily accessible, um, a lot of people may not want to loan out the one print that they have because it's like, if you scratch it, if you do something to it, it is this living, breathing thing. And every time it plays, something new is going to be added to it. So some people are precious with that, but, um, it's it's cool finding the balance and yeah. And I just like the idea of a TV show centered around these two detectives that their job is to obtain thirty five millimeter uh, film. There kind it of is. A rapport. <laughs> we gotta do it. And then yeah, there's gonna be the sne- the season with all snuff films, and it's gonna be nice. get really dark, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna, it has to get dark at some <laughs> point. To. I feel it's it's gonna take that dark turn. Um, so we're gonna we're winding up here. You know, is there anything else you guys want to add? Either about Saturday Night Rewind, about your passion for 35 millimeter film. Uh, if you just want to give a shout out to anyone, I just want people to come out every month. I tell people, you know, tell your brothers, sisters, parents, neighbors. I mean. To me, it's, you know, not to digress too much or or go off in too much of a tangent, but, you know, Fright Rags, we're a local company, but our business isn't really local. We're online. So 99.9% of all of our business is outside of Rochester. You know, even though we're how, you know, we, our offices are here and we live here, our, our business is elsewhere. And I've always wanted to connect with the local community, and especially as I see these revival houses in, in other places, friends of mine who live in, like, Pennsylvania, of course there's, you know, L.A., like, New Beverly type stuff, where there are these theaters that are showing film and, you know, doing this, and it's like I've always wanted to do something in my backyard. I've always wanted to do something in Rochester. I love Rochester. I'm here for a reason. I mean, I grew up here, but I we stay here because we love the city. Mm-hmm. And to be able to work with the little and have that outlet, um, you know, and like-minded people like Eric and Roy to be able to come together and collaborate and kind of use each other's strengths and everything to build something like this to me is like, that is such a great and unique opportunity that I'm grateful for. Cause I feel like this is something that we can bring up. Cause I know the fans are here. I know there are people They're in this town here, yeah. that love this stuff. And even outside this town, you know, not just Rochester, but in the greater Rochester area, reaching out, you know, 30, 40, 50 miles, we can get people that don't mind driving a little bit and be a beacon for this type of thing every month to just, again, it's all about having fun and reliving some childhood memories and what more, you know, what cooler way to do it than to do it where we spent most of our childhood in the theater, you know, watching movies and and that type of thing. So it's great. Anything to add, Eric? Yeah, no. If you told me when I was 12 or 13 that not only would I be working in a movie theater as a projectionist, um, but I'd also be teaming up with a company that endorses horror and that's their um, that's their function. They make horror t-shirts. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm set. I'm good for, <laughs> for a while. That's yeah, fantastic. <laughs> like, that's so cool. And sometimes I got to remind myself. I don't even have to remind myself. Uh, with Big Trouble, it's, we're showing up to work quote unquote but it's also at the same time like this is fantastic i can't believe we're doing this i love horror 
I love film and what a perfect pairing. And that's not to say all Saturday Night Rewind is that, but it's a good place to start. (laughs) That's the foundation. So, And I think the enthusiasm of you guys who who are organizing this, doing this, it it shows and it it shows in the promotion of it and, you know, the selections of the movies, the food and pretty much everything that just the look of it. And I think people, it's something that people can get excited about. Um, So again, anything else you want to add before I give my closing closing spiel here and he it's fright rat fright slash rags yeah fright dash rags.com is the website do you have uh, your own personal website eric i don't but i <laughs> want to thank you for having us yes thank you for thank you for yes it's thank always you. a good discussion uh you guys know a lot more about 35 millimeter film than me so it's always good to be able to learn something too as well as talk a lot um so again thanks to my guests ben scrivens of fright rags eric myra of the little uh before i go i do have one more podcasting note um i urge you all to check out finding tammy joe uh it's another podcast here it's a collaboration between wxxi and the democrat and chronicle it follows a 1979 murder in livingston county um, and the following search to both identify the victim and to find the killer um, it's hosted by the always excellent Gary Craig of the Democrat and Chronicle and WXXI reporter Veronica Volk, who coincidentally helped me uh, create this very podcast, Movies in a Microphone. So she's great. You should check out this new podcast, uh, Finding Timmy Joe. It debuts May 1st. Uh, you can subscribe now on iTunes. That was a pretty good pitch, right, guys? You're, you're intrigued now. I am intrigued. <laughs> is this real? Yes, this is real. Okay. <laughs> this is real. You can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, again, it's between WXXI and the DNC. It's it's like cereal. It's going to be the next cereal. That's my guess. So you can check it out. Um, and that's it for this episode. Movies in a Microphone is brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater. Remember, it's always a good time to take a little break.